0: Here, we're live and at KMG Studios. Shout out KMG. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Beautiful space. Dude, it's a huge honor having both of you. I've been wanting to do this for a hot minute. Thanks, man. And uh yeah, last time last time I saw you guys perform, damn, it was a while ago. Is it the Vogue in Indianapolis? Yes. That was like twenty seventeen maybe. Was that on tour with umpries
1: Yes, you yeah, were playing we with were opening with yeah.
0: You opened and then you did the after party, which was yeah, like yeah. way across town with tons of traffic and you yeah. guys had to Was jet. that was the
1: after party at Mousetrap or was it at Vogue. At
0: Vogue. It was because a The after party was at Vogue, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right.
2: Yeah, because Doom Flamingo played on this.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was dope. Damn. You guys crushed it. It was actually really cool because it was kind of like a private show for me. Because the time that they booked it was so close to I don't even think was like finished playing yet. Yeah. And so uh, I, yeah. I, I left early the show to see you guys and I got there <laughs> and like with traffic and everything, like you had to start, but... Not everybody was able to get there from the show across yeah. town. That's awesome. So man. I was like front row, just me and like 10 people. It's was like, fuck yeah, dude. That's
1: awesome, dude. It was great. Yeah, yeah, Indy's always been like a super rowdy town, I feel like. It's, you're encouraged to play as much as you can there, you know? Yeah. But we really remember that one well, too, it seems like. And, um, you know, that's the way of the road. Like, Yeah. Uh, those tours in 2017, 2018, everything leading up to 2020 was uh, incredible. We got to really play all over the country on a really consistent basis and it's awesome to be starting to do that again. You know what I mean? Uh, the doors are opening back up, you know?
0: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the Midwest, they love their jam bands, like the funky jammy kind of stuff. It's like right up your alley. Yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely. I'm from Ohio, but I lived in Indy for like seven years. Yeah. So yeah, I love, love your stuff. It's been an honor to have you on the podcast for sure. Yeah. Cheers to the tequila and everything and Cheers. the yerba mate, yerba mate. Like, we got fresh squeezed pineapple you can reach that yeah. far Cheers. there we go nice um. one of the albums i think that made me really fall in love with you guys was deluxe back in the day i think that was also like a 2017 album or something
1: oh yeah yeah uh, deluxe was the first project that we were working on in the studio together with josh was that before odyssey yeah josh was uh no that was the second one you're right you're right um, we like finished out the drums with odyssey uh. Yeah, and then Deluxe, I feel like, though, we did so much of the production at that studio, and that's where we started hanging out the most. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, that, that uh, we've been making music for a long time. It's awesome, man. We just came from the studio down the street, and we're writing like a new album worth of new songs right now, and uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, you've done a lot of collabs with artists I love, too. I know Late Night Radio uh, was yeah. on that album, I think, for Deluxe, and... Yeah. He's going to be on the podcast next week. Totally.
1: Uh, that song that he played with us, Cinnamon, is the only song that he's collabed on where he didn't do any of the production. And he, like, talks about it all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, played he played, like, played, He played the keyboard bleed. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was actually, like, at the time, we were kind of in between setups. And, like, we had this rehearsal studio, um, like, this warehouse spot. And he was just messing around over a beat I was working on one day. And, like, there it is, you know, like you're going to be featured on the album now, bro. Like you basically like made this song, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. He's just collecting those royalties, laying yeah. down a yeah. keyboard. I, I
1: mean, it made the song, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, At least six yeah. bucks. Least yeah. Six, $7. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you know, I'll let you tell him about it next week, but yeah. Um, yeah,
0: Six bucks. will buy you like two of these cans. We're yeah, playing yeah. with him
1: again, uh, in another week in Glenwood Springs. And, uh, we've been jamming a lot. He's working on a lot of new music and, yeah. uh, we just had opio in the studio Cool. On earlier this week, which was incredible. We started yeah. talking about doing that when we were on a tour with Sound Tribe in twenty eighteen and like when we did Red Rocks together mm-hmm. in twenty eighteen. And uh, you know, he had been in in between going back and forth from Australia and here and uh then everything happened. So it's like the timing of it finally working out the other day was great and looking forward to definitely uh, bringing up some, some more collabs very soon. We're we're getting a lot of studio time in lately, so it's awesome.
0: Love that. Yeah. Do you mostly record at your own home studio? Do you guys have like a setup, I assume? I mean, yeah, I mean,
2: I had a studio for Scan Hope for like 12 mm-hmm. years, so it was like a commercial room with SSL and all that. Cool. And we did a lot of stuff there, like Instinct and then, you know, Deluxe was there and mm-hmm. the drums and a lot of stuff for Odyssey was done there. But then I also have like a home studio that's like, Way too nice for a home studio, but we do a majority of the work there. And then occasionally we'll rent like a big studio and go in and do like almost like improv sessions, okay, where we're all we're just like vibing and like, yeah, you know writing songs, but not so much pressure to like finish arrangements or finish ideas. It's more just experimenting and jamming, yeah, to get like really high quality samples of Course, some of the samples are seven minutes long or ten, we, whatever. You go back but, and
1: rearrange it. Like yeah. a lot of instinct was written that way, where we went in over like three separate days and you know, really dove in, like played with the lights and stuff, like did the whole jams in the dark and everything like that. And uh, Dexter ran away at one point, Josh's dog. We had to go chase after him. So like we all came back and like, okay, this one's about Dexter coming back and whatever he just did. Like think about whatever his adventure just was. So we made like a nine minute jam (laughs) and then resampled parts of it. Yeah. And that's called Dexter's Day Out. So um, those kind of sessions are like, we were actually just talking earlier today about like uh, getting back into a, a big room and uh, recording ideas like that and then kind of reconstructing, deconstructing those into Ableton and sequencing stuff. And th- and that's um, just a really exciting approach to things that we kind of discovered on that album. And uh, But we write music all kinds of different ways, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So, I think that's the beauty of like being a hybrid between like an electronic sound design focused project and also like coming from your roots of being instrumentalists and playing like as real musicians, playing guitar and sure. bass and all that stuff. I think it kind of gives you an advantage as far as writing goes, because yeah. you can get ideas down really fast rather than just like getting a little mouse out in a computer and just like scrolling and clicking constantly. Yeah. It's hard. funny
2: because we do a lot of mousing and scrolling as well, but yeah. it is cool to be able to get big chunks down like that or yeah. big ideas down where it's like, hey, here's the idea. And then you got drums, bass, guitar. It's like, yeah, or he plays a lot of keys as well. It's like you could have all the chords, bass, and Some of those jams,
1: like I, we would just play, like plug in the organ and I'd just play organ for one or just play clav and we're playing all together. But like, it's once you get that skeleton, that that basic form of it, and then you layer up on it, it's uh, a lot of possibilities doing it that way. But we also like what we've been working on today, and we're going to go back and work on is like structured ideas that we both are kind of bringing to the table. Like, he's writing beats, I'm writing beats, and then we're uh, translating all that and like blending that together and setting a new foundation, recording instruments into that. Cool. So that's um, dope. with Ableton, there's all kinds of ways to approach it, you know? Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. And it's about like
2: it's an exercise of not being attached.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cause you're like,
2: Oh no, real, I feel that. Like, hey, that's like, cool. Yeah. Let's switch the whole thing again. I, <laughs> like This is a I great think, idea. Let's delete yeah. it and start over. Yeah.
1: I think the better that you get at it, the more fun that you have and the more creative, like freedom that you have, Uh, you can really be holding yourself back, being attached to one idea. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree.
2: So we just had Opio in the studio, and we were working, and he was kind of like driving the session, and it was really cool. He actually he used to be a Logic guy, but now he's on Ableton. Right. Of course, he says he's been on Ableton for a while, but the last time I talked to him, which was like when we played Red Rocks, is like
1: he was on Logic. Yeah,
2: exactly. So he's an Ableton guy now. Nice. You found the light. Yeah, and he had the session open, and it was like awesome because he's like let's do this. And like Kevin's playing roads and he's like, Oh, I, Oh, that's good. And then he's like, and then we'll go to some ethereal thing. We're like, what's going to go to something like we haven't done, like, what are you talking about? And, Kevin, you know, yeah. so like, he's uh, like, we're hearing just like, stuff in his head yeah, and calling and it
1: out. And we're like, like those, yeah, like so I'm this? playing like,
2: bass. I'm playing synth. Kevin's but, like, Oh, this guitar but part. taking
1: it in real time. Yeah. So he's collecting all these ideas and we're like live jamming through what he's like coaching us through to do, like producing us through. And that's cool. Um, You know, it was really cool and really similar again to how we write songs, like improving that and then cutting it up later, arranging it. So, and he's um, taking all
2: the samples and like putting them in Ableton to like organizing so he understands what he's doing. And yeah, you're kind of arranging
1: as you go. And
2: so, it's like instead of getting on Splice or getting in
0: Ableton and looking up the packs, he's just like, Can you do something like this? And we're like, Yes, yeah, Yeah. let's go. It's nice to have that like third party person that's that's like just organizing the ideas while you're throwing down. It was so fun. Yeah, Yeah. because
2: normally you have to do all of it, right. But it was like having someone that talented. Was in, really and cool. in real
1: time, yeah. like with Ableton, as opposed to like with Pro Tools, you can like kind of get in loops and do stuff like that too. But like Ableton just lends itself so well to exactly that, to like that creative. Yeah. Like everybody's pitching in on it simultaneously kind of vibe. And
0: yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And it was a really good session the other day. It awesome. I, shout That's out, great. Shout out Opio. Shout sure. out Opio. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Should have him on the podcast sometime. Oh, he'd love that. I reached out if you're listening. He's like I'm super down, and then we never heard back. So we should follow up on that. He's a busy boy.
2: You gotta. I'm follow sure up. he is. He might yeah. Follow up twice on that one. He's pretty sick. He's Probably playing tennis. Show up on his doorstep. Yeah. yeah, he's pretty sick. You might need to call him a couple times. Yeah, we could do that. I'll send a carrier pigeon or something. Yeah. I'll stalk him. Send him some flowers and then maybe a little notes like, "How about that podcast?" Yeah, I'll spray my clone <laughs> on it. <laughs>
0: love Dan. Yeah, I love that process. I'd actually like to nerd out a little more about like your writing style too. So like. When you are coming up with ideas, do you do a lot of comping? Are you in live 11 or are you in live 10? I'm still on 10 right now. I'm wanting to like switch my machine and get to
1: 11. Josh went to 11 like what? A month or two ago? Hey, congratulations. I've been,
2: I've had 11, I've had 11 for a while, but I've been using 10 so that we can go seamlessly back and forth. Okay. Um, Um, But I've been on 11 for a good year, really, as far as like other projects. Yeah. And I love the take lanes because like, yes. What we do like what we do is we'll do a take and we're like, all right, let's do another one and we'll put it we'll switch to the um like clip view or whatever. Yeah. And we would use the clip view as like take lanes.
0: Oh uh, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? A lot of people do that. Right. Well, if,
1: I remember when we were first starting to make music and you were like a huge Pro Tools guy. Yeah. And and it's like, Why doesn't it just do this? Like why wouldn't they just make it like this? And yeah. and so they you know, it's a, it, the feedback I think with them has been really cool. I think Ableton is always working on like that next thing. So, um, but again, I just, in my experience from like going from eight to nine and then nine to 10, like uh, getting to a fresh start with the machine is usually a good idea. Um, when you're getting like the newest version, at least in my experience and where, and it depends on where you're at with your machine too. Um, this one is like, you know, kind of running to its last part of its life. You know what I mean? It's (laughs) retiring soon. And yeah, you don't necessarily want to load a new license, new software on that. So I mean, if you're listening out there, I would recommend like definitely starting with a clean thing. You know what I mean? But yeah. Um, so yeah. that's kind of where we're at, but it, it works still so well uh, for the file transfer part of it. Like you can go back from 11 to 10, like not really that crazy. And we try not to go too hard into it, but
2: yeah. Yeah. We make stems if we need to, or whatever we gotta do.
0: Right. Yeah. It right. is cool that like, you can literally drag audio or mini clips straight onto your desktop and then you could just pull that into yeah. know, another thing rather than having to constantly export. Absolutely. So it's, many little hacks like that that make workflows easier. Yeah. And
2: like just like little features like that, like, you know, you copy into clipboard and just like paste it right. Like right. it's just
0: yeah. so convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Who was it? I saw that they were talking about doing voice memos on your phone. You can directly import straight from your voice memo into Ableton oh, dude. to live. Oh, man. So, um,
1: so do you remember when we were in Nashville and we had that day off and those guys who like, worked with skrillex's label uh i'm forgetting their artist names but they were like um worked a lot with the noisier cats and stuff like that and they would talk about how they would just go around and like to get weird little audio samples of people they'd go out on the streets and just find weird humans saying weird stuff and just like yeah pop it from the phone and it's like that's the audio quality yeah. pop it straight into ableton and like chop it up and like you eq it out and it sounds like Crazy, you know what i mean yeah so it's the the versatility the universal part of it where you can just get audio throw it in there and start manipulating it is is really amazing you know yeah what i mean some people take that uh to a very very high level it's
0: crazy yeah like the new iphones the mics it was just like a minimal treatment like in processing you can get pretty good sounds out yeah. of an iphone mic i think it was yeah. dactyl dactyl was on the podcast he said he used a stereo pair of iPhones for overheads for drums yeah. oh, and he recorded it. The
2: compression it? was sick. <laughs> he yeah. said it
0: actually sounded really good. I'm sure like the algorithm, the
2: compression algorithm they have on there is really nice. So I bet on drums it just like sounds sick. I remember the Flowbots. We, I used to tour, like I was in another band and we would tour with them a lot and they were talking about how they had this like demo and the drums were like the iPhone. They go to the big studio, record the drums. are like, I don't know. Like, something about the iPhone, like that compression, like pretty cool. The iPhone condenser mic. I mean, it's weird. It's weird, but it's like, yeah, you know, it's all context. It's like, if it works, it works. That's it's, true it's too. It's really not, you know, I, I come from like a technical recording background and like studied recording and have been making records for a long time. So I'm like, you know, really enjoy fancy mics and big consoles and all that stuff. But then I'm like the first guy to hear something and be like, I don't care how you got that sound. I like that
0: sound. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, it's weird how that works. Cause like you can, you can spend all day trying to buy fancy plugins and like buy new mics and everything when, in the end of the day, it probably isn't going to help you make more music most likely. Yeah. You
2: know I mean, what I mean? Like, like I said, I think it's like context, you know what I mean? It's really, are are you, do you really, if you really need like a sparkly clear drum sound, Yeah, then you need some fancy mics. Yeah. But if you, you know, you know what I mean? It's like the context kind of dictates what you need. Yeah. And I, I just really like the, how, to see people like, take advantage of whatever they have to get the cool sounds that they can get. Totally. Just like how hip-hop started, where people were like, yo, hip-hop, like, the rap sounded how it sounded, because they're like, well, we got these records, and I got this sampler thing. So this is what it's going to sound like. You yeah. know? I mean, That was the tools they had, and they made the dopest music that they could with, with those tools. 100%. Dude,
1: remember when we went to Hawaii, and we brought the condenser mics and the little XY stand? And then like put the interface in the backpack with the laptop running with the session. And then just like walked around this back patio of our friend's house we were staying at and recorded like rain and frog sounds.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah.
1: So there's like a middle ground where like that was kind of like, you know, as long as the battery power works and it's a USB interface and it's like phantom powering these condenser mics sticking out of my backpack. But like then we use that sample in a song. Yeah, you know what that? I mean? So yeah,
2: the intro for uh, "Water Level" is like yeah. actual samples that we got when we were like traveling. It was cool.
0: Oh, sick! What song was that? It's, it's "Water, level. water it's on level." It's Water new oh, album. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, on your new album for sure. Uh, "A Rise," right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. pull that up, Jamie. It's a great. Yeah, we could we could <laughs> pull it up.
1: I'll show you what I mean. And that's the what Strogan? it is. Is like this was like pretty high quality, pretty high fi condenser mic sound, but we were just doing it off of the battery of my laptop. I love that in the setting where we were, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a middle ground if you're willing to improvise and like find solutions. And I think, you know, it's crazy that Ableton allows you to do that where we're just like recording live audio in a jungle. Yeah, totally. Like it's also usable for so many purposes, but
0: I think there's something to be said about using like actual real world samples in your music. I've talked about this with several people on the podcast, but like it's like that human realism that when you, I mean, lo fi music, yeah. I feel like that's 90% of lo fi. So maybe just from
1: like re- the first like 60 seconds of the song, if you want to check it out,
0: yeah, dude, we totally yeah, we can pull to that like, up. We can show as an example, let's here. do it. Um, it's called Water, Water Level. <laughs>
1: It's actual rain. You're gonna hear these Koki uh, frogs. So like all night long on Big Island Hawaii, this thing's just
2: pulling
1: off. <laughs> i are of like, record though? They're gonna be in anything they record, so. But it just creates this song, it's like you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: love that.
2: In and out throughout the song, but it's a nice, like, uh, vibe set, you know, for the two. Yeah,
1: I love that. There's a lot of ways to record and get the sounds that you want to get. I think there's a middle ground for for everything, so mm. you know, I think it's just important to always experiment, right? And it's it, all is how it sounds in the end, is the, is the result, you know?
0: Yeah, that's true. It's like, you know, I was talking to Rob, uh, Homemade Spaceship recently on the podcast a little bit about this about like the end result and how sometimes we get too concerned about the end result as we're producing before the end results actually there. And then like that can cause you to overthink the process of what you're doing. And that's like a downward spiral. And then you probably won't even finish it, you know, at that point. So that's a, that's a really good way to think about it. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) that's never happened. Never. Nobody has ever done that today.
1: Um, I think that's a really good way to look at it. You just kind of have to let things happen as they're happening sometimes. Yeah. And, and, um, that flow state. Yeah. Yeah. The result is going to happen how it's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, but again, I think there's a middle ground there as well, as far as that thinking goes is like, uh, I think it's important to have a, a goal, a concise goal of, of a sound that you're trying to achieve or like a direction a song's trying to go, but at the same time be willing to let that, uh, happen and change and evolve and, and be what it needs to be as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. So like, who would you say some of your influences are for like music, as far as like staying inspired, like who, who did you guys grow up listening to that maybe like fueled your passion on your instrument or producing or.
1: Uh, it's a, it's a long list. I mean, I think what was the, I'll kind of go backwards, I guess, but like the thing that really tipped me into like, I want to make like electronic type music was like listening to like Daft Punk and chemical brothers and like the prodigy. crystal method and the prodigy. Yeah. That was like on the bus to high school. Like, you know, classic. So, yeah. I think that was like the tipping point. But prior to that, like, and, and still like just very I listened to a lot of rock and then like fusion and progressive rock records were my dad's thing. So I was really into that, like Chick Corea and, and, uh, King Crimson and Yes and all the progressive rock bands and stuff like that. But when I found uh, those bands I was just talking about, it's like that totally changes the way you think about things, you know? Yeah. yeah. I remember I
2: heard Defunk like that. I was like, okay, this is now my favorite thing.
0: Yeah, Yeah.
2: And I was like big into... You know Herbie Hancock, Red Hot Chili Peppers, like basically like jazz, funk, rock, funk, like anything that's kind of funky. But yeah, you know I didn't really know, and then I heard that song. And I was like, what? Yeah, I was like what is <laughs> Just this? all these sounds
1: you've like never really heard together put together at the same time? You yeah. know what I mean? It's mm. like yeah,
2: yeah, it was a that was like a big light bulb moment for me. was hearing that yeah. song. I was like, oh my god! And then right. like Firestarter, yeah, like, Prodigy. I was like, whoa! I was like so I like Love didn't it. necessarily understand even what was happening
1: yeah so when we were first starting to put out music under this project it was like we did like a Daft Punk remix and we did like a Prodigy remix <laughs> and you know we were like looking at our, at our idols and stuff and I think for me with the guitar specifically it was like I was 16 and my friend like you know, we smoked a joint and then he's like, check this shit out and puts on Ratatat in the car. Right. Oh, Never nice. heard this before. And I'm just like, this is crazy. Like he's like backwards guitars, harmonized. And like, uh, it's all over like hip hop, electronic sounding beats. And like, I think that really was like the tipping point into like the sound that we make now, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, They
2: are great at that hybrid, like, Incorporating, they were innovators. I think instruments, but then also affecting them. They're like, "What is that?" It's like like, funky guitar, guitar. bass, and
1: stuff with really compressed beats. You know that were from drum machines and like using backwards, sweepy sounds. And like I think that uh, as if I was gonna pick one as far as the style for the band, that was like, "This is so tight." Then I was like, "How do I learn how to make this kind of music?" Was kind of a pursuit from there. And then I did some hip hop stuff after that, and that I think really pushed it over the edge of like, okay, I want to like produce beats. You know what I mean? Mm. Like arrange all of this in a context, but do it with a band. Yeah. You know? So I would say they were, and I never got to see them live. That's that's my dream concert is if if I could go and see Ratatat in like 2009. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. If there was somebody you guys could collab with now that maybe has passed, passed away, who would, who would that be? That's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, my
2: first thought in my head was Bob Marley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. What a vibe that guy! What a fucking vibe that guy was. Right, for That'll real. I don't know amazing. if that's the right. Answer I mean, for like, our band, I but that was my first thought. <laughs> I think I've been thought.
1: asked that question before, and like, I've never actually given that a lot of thought and that is awesome. Yeah. Like if, if we were going to get in the studio with somebody like that would be the best day ever. Yeah. yeah.
0: I feel like I would get way too high and we'd probably make something that we Super wouldn't finish, but we would weird. have great deep conversations weird. about life. We are yeah. experts at still going no matter how high anybody's getting. That's so important. I'm not skill. I
1: mean, about like that. really, 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 we were talking about those improv sessions earlier. And I mean, yeah. like really, yeah, there's yeah. that's, I it's, think it's a real
0: skill it's
1: it's like it's you have to like keep it in balance you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i think it's a purposeful thing when you're smoking in the studio when you're getting high in the studio it's like we're doing this to like unlock a level and like you know telecommunicate and like get on the same page yeah um
0: so but that's you know neither here nor there. (laughs) (laughs) I've been on a few levels where I wasn't sure I'd go back to level one ever again.
1: That's okay. Yeah. That's just called a password. (laughs) You just get to start on level two and it's fine.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to hit pause real quick. And we're back. The uh, Andy McKee was like he's one of my favorite guitar players at all like the acoustic guitar player yes
1: kind did, of bigger guy and he like bigger he, dude. he yeah. has that
0: song called we yeah We're talking about the same guy same guy okay yeah yeah he like blew up on YouTube I think yeah absolutely yeah he's incredible he's incredible I saw him at a show of maybe like 10 people there in this tiny little venue and half the show is him just talking about playing with Prince while he was playing guitar. Mm-hmm. Cause he got an email. Um, we were talking about like people we would love to collab with. Prince would definitely be on my list. He said that he got an email his manager got an email. It was like Prince at gmail.com. And he's like, this is definitely a scam. And it was like, yo, we want Andy to fly out to New York, send us his info or whatever. We'll pay for him studio time with Prince. And he's like, this is definitely not real. Wow. He deleted the email. And then like two months later he gets another email and his manager's like, no, I actually think this is Prince, dude. So he ends up flying out to Newark and like he sees Prince and he walks in this like world-class studio and Prince is like real straightforward. He's like, you play ping pong? He's like, yeah. He's like, all right, let's go. It's like first thing he says, takes him in. He like spanks him in like five games. It was like 0-21 for like three games in a row. Yeah. And then he's like, all right, dude, let's make some music. That's my dream. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. Josh. Josh yeah, pretty,
1: pretty pretty good. I've seen Josh beat a lot of people we've been on tour with like when okay. we played at the Fillmore with STS nine and I feel like you beat a lot of them. everybody. Um, wow. Yeah. I don't think you lost. And I've then, and lost. then we, we also played the Fillmore where they have the ping pong with Umbries mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure you beat all of them.
2: Yes. I, and then we I've, did,
1: then we did uh holidays and you beat pretty much everybody there.
2: So I beat everybody. I beat Stasic there. He didn't like that, but we're still <laughs> it was friends. on record. It did happen. It did happen. We're still friends. Uh, but who beat I you? I beat one of the twins in Lotus. Yes. And then I was taken out by one of the twins in I Lotus. Think, I think
1: Luke beat you. Luke and beat And you me. beat Jesse. Yeah. yeah. So... so wow. th- I mean, Luke's the only guy I've seen him lose to, though. So, cheers to Luke. I've lost to Adam. Yeah. Know I've, what I've lost
2: Adam Deitch, who's a big ping pong guy. I've beat Adam.
1: Deitch is really, really I've,
2: good. I've yeah. never beat Scott Morrill, who's the owner of Cervantes. He's just... it's pretty good. He's just too good. Yeah. Uh, Borum's fire at ping pong. I'm we, not even in this league. Me and Borum have gone. <laughs> I'm like, I
0: check. It goes I, both ways. I, I just do it
1: for fun. <clears throat> I'm yeah. not trying to... I'm The ranked system is yeah. something that I'm not really in.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's okay. I mean, you could stick with guitar and music. That's fine. Kevin's got a lot of skills. I've been, just, I've
1: been doing other stuff. It's just yeah. not the ping pong. But yeah. I think, you know, as things progress, <laughs> we're going to get a set. We've, we've actually... <laughs> We've talked about this before, and I got a little mini set one time for a sprinter tour, but uh, where you can like clip it onto almost any table, and you're like, "Let's go!"
0: Oh, really? That's cool. It's like you just
1: fold it up and tuck it under a seat, and. Uh, maybe we'll bring that on this next run we're doing here. You should,
0: yeah. Uh, Jenga was my band's thing. We would take Jenga everywhere we went. We uh, just bang. more compact. That's smart. like
1: regular sized or like bars. No, it was sized? the big size. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, so like out in the lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, took out most of it. Took up most of our trunk, but yeah, we're like, yeah, we can scale down our music gear as long as we have Jenga. That'd That's be fun. That's definitely a
1: lot cleaner option than the time that we had the Nerf gun wars on tour. <laughs> and for some reason that was like our we, thing. We had
2: to start getting face masks and stuff cuz it was like what it was like rich like why are you aiming for
1: my eyeballs? Yeah, it was like sound with the
2: fully automatic. Yeah, he was he literally just showed up with the fully automatic but, Nerf ball gun yeah. and was like aiming for our
0: eyes.
1: You you definitely <laughs> got a bad like, plan. You you got to like do things to to keep morale high and you know keep everybody on their toes out there That's tour. right.
0: Well, someday, Josh, Um, I challenge you to a game of ping pong because that's my family's like iconic history is just legendary ping pong players. Same here. And I didn't beat my dad until he was too old to
2: really move that well. Yeah. (laughs) And then I was like, I got you. I got you. He's like, he was like 60. He's like, finally beat him. He's like, I got you. Carrying on the family history. It it was like, it was bittersweet because I was like, oh, I i finally beat him yeah but like i just it just had to take long enough to where he just physically was slower that's a special moment man by (laughs) his own words
1: he is the worst golfer in the band the worst golfer.
0: Kevin's uh, yeah, the best golfer. His, no, I
2: think Chris is. No, you're the best golfer. Chris just golf's the most.
0: Chris golf's the most. <laughs> I don't really see golf as a sport, to be honest with nice. you. Nice. It's well, like it's wanna, like. A, I don't know if we have time we to just lost a lot of fans. Yeah, I don't, don't know. know if we have I mean, to I love golfing. Don't get me
1: wrong, I love no, no, golfing. No, no, yeah, golfing is more of a zen meditation. Yeah, it's definitely it's a sport.
0: It, I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: going I'm on here. <laughs> No, I love golfing. I'm not dissing golfers. Yes. There's a lot of very talented golfers yeah, out there. It's a real skill. A game. You, that's how I feel. It's more <laughs> of a game than a sport. Ping pong, I could say, is more of a game than a sport in yeah, my opinion. You know, I'm going to go on record saying that's Which a one's in the Olympics? See, those guys. Uh, that's Which one of the two is in the Olympics?
2: I don't know if we have time to unpack this
0: right now. Yeah, this is a you're, lot. This is right. a whole rabbit trail yeah. I just opened up. Right. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we That's you- my bad. <laughs> We should move on.
1: <laughs> really, it's just important to uh try new things.
0: That's right. In the end of the day, yeah. do what you love to do. Yeah. And we like hitting balls. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. That just like your cup Enjoy says. Enjoy the journey. That's right. We do like hitting balls though. Yeah. It's very nice. We went Me to too. the drive range the other day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We we do that a lot of places on tour if we can.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have a favorite golf course you've ever golfed on? Ooh, what's yeah. your dream um,
1: golf course? As a kid, I used to get to play at this place in Oregon called Bandon Dunes on the coast of Northwest Oregon and like just crazy. You're like right on the edge of the ocean and it's these big stone cliffs and like crazy puffins and like weird little bushes everywhere, man, like literally just looks like it's out of a movie. It's crazy. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. I've been, oh uh, yeah. I'm the worst golfer, so I can't say I have a favorite course. <laughs> we did get to go and hit a driving ball, a yeah. uh, driving range in Hawaii.
0: Yep. That yeah. was awesome. As long as you don't hit another person, I'd say it's a good day. I am 100 so for not now, hitting people. That's see, there you go. Yeah, that's a good that's a good percentage to be at. As, as we know, yeah, or, or hitting people with a golf cart. I've done yeah. that before. That was a big <laughs> mistake. It was muddy. You're going downhill. We, we
1: have earned our golf cart
0: licenses over the years. Amazing, in,
1: incredible stunt driving. You might have seen us in a few movies before. Anywhere there's a golf cart at a festival, that was probably us. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I do like golf carts more than golf.
0: I would agree with that.
2: That's half the fun. <laughs> if I have to walk eighteen holes, count me out. We we had a festival where we somehow wound up with two of our own golf carts, and everyone kept being like, "Where's? You, how do you guys have?" It? I'm like, I don't, "Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a VIP treatment." Shout out to Frost, our old tour manager. He's with Grizz team now, but ah, cool. you know, we lost a good one because that guy, he made sure he we could, had the carts. He hooked up. you up. He was an expert cart wrangler. That's amazing! Shout out Frost. He's a man. Put that in all of your writers. Oh, we do, but it, they don't tequila, give tequila,
0: yerba mate, and a golf cart. Oh, the golf cart's on there. The golf cart's on there. We just never get it. Even if it's not a festival, you still want a golf cart. We always want one. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> as you should. Right, Ableton. Back to Ableton stuff. <laughs> this is the Ableton podcast. Yeah, we should maybe talk about it you're still in live 10, you're on 11. Do you have like your favorite go-to effects? I mean, I'm assuming you do some decent processing on your guitar with your keys, the mode. Yeah.
2: I think Kevin is
0: really an expert at Ableton effects.
1: Yeah. Like he uses
2: way more Ableton. I like him a, Plug-in monster? You're a plug-in
1: addict. Is what I have. just the most plugins. Well, now it's like we have a lot of the same ones, and I'm yeah. I'm, I'm liking the Waves world a lot, you know what I mean? But as far as Ableton effects go, I've always ridden all my drums in drum rack, like lining stuff out that way. Um, I've learned how compression works with the Ableton compressor, right? Um, yeah. I think that the EQ has just continually improved and improved and improved, and it's just super intuitive and quick and... Um, like O T T is a classic. Yeah, it like, is yeah. Yeah. classic
2: Ableton. That's like, the multi-band a, setting. Yeah, it's like the right. cool one. Over the top. You're right. like, hey, we want <laughs> to make it, it. Sounds weird. man, I wish this sound was cool. It is O T T.
0: Yeah, it is over the top.
2: But I love like I love how a lot of the plugins have like X Y interface and like a lo- like Ableton has made a lot of their plugins so that. It's easy to experiment with, right? Like, you put it on, you're, like, moving the thing around. Oh, that's the spot. You're, like, but you're just using that XY interface or, like, yeah. they're just very intuitive. Yeah. Which is cool. And, you know, I love, uh, like, I use Simpler or, you know, the Sampler a lot where it's, like, you yeah. can just, like, put a sample on it and chop it up on there. And it's just so convenient. Yeah. Um, Recently, I've been using Operator a lot. Like, we use Serum a lot. We use... Once you really I start to dig in into Operator, it's amazing. Like, I have... We have a lot of analog synths
0: that I use. What are some of your favorite analog synths that you guys use? Because you're pretty out of the box, too, with a lot of your setup.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I use um, a sub fatty mostly. I now have a subsequent 25, which is cool, but sounds different. So I'm getting used to it, Yeah. Um, but it's more versatile. It sounds different. But basically, I'm a a Moog guy as far as Sunscrabby is concerned. Yeah, I love Moog. Like, I just lent my MS2000 to Phipps from... Uh, sound tribe for their show that they were out here for doing a fan show. So it was like everyone, of course, was like, we want the old shit. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, where am I getting MS-2000? I was like, oh, I have one I haven't turned on in six years or eight years or whatever. Yeah. So MS-2000 I used for a long time. Some of the Behringer synths are cool for certain sounds, you know, like I got the Poly-D, okay. which is basically a mug, but you it's like can play more than one note on it, so it's cool and it has – like a Juno chorus on it, which Ooh, is nice. Yeah. Um, and then they have like this you know, I'd prefer to have the real ones, like a real SH one oh one, like yeah. Like for like acid bass or leads, it's like so sick. But I have the behringer, so I've used used that like a few times, you know, to yeah. get that sound and um but I think mostly we're using a like operator or uh what's
1: the yeah, other and a one? A lot of the first tracks like and I haven't messed with it as much lately because uh, once you start experimenting with plug-in synths like Massive and um, uh, yeah, massive. Like my Massive's absolute great. favorite is the Albino, which albino. you'll you'll never find. It's it's out there somewhere, but it's, it doesn't really exist anymore. And I don't know how it still works on my machine. That's another factor of the machine change. But a lot, so many synths of the older stuff is uh, Ableton Analog. And just yeah, doing, I love analog, that straight can't... up like square saw. Yeah, find it, sit right in the it's middle. So nice, and it sounds great. It and Sounds awesome. And, and then like I think, I was emulating a lot of like S sounds, which I think they were using analog stuff, but it's like poly synths. You know what I mean? So you're making these chord, organ, vocal chord sounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's actually really inspiring. I think I want to do more stuff. Going back into that and see what it's changed with it. Um, uh, I think, again, it's, it's, it's all for the sound that you're trying to get for it and what is comfortable with you to use. I think what was appealing to me about uh, Massive, which is still out there and still awesome, I think there's the new version of it now. Massive X. Right? Massive X. Yeah. I feel like
0: a lot of people didn't like the interface upgrade with Massive X. I haven't
1: used it as much. I love it, but it's just a different synth. It I feels think more it, it, like Albino now. It feels yeah, the it's, interface. It's more, of it. Yeah,
0: and
2: like Serum, it's more like wavetable vibe, and mm-hmm. the automation on it is cool. And I mean, yeah. I like it a lot, but yeah. it's yeah. totally different. So it if is you very thought different. it was like. Yeah, gonna just be a doper massive plugin well, well, it really feels like a different yeah
1: similar to the how i learned about like really again how uh intuitive ableton is to experimenting and like going into it i really didn't know anything about the synthesis and like learning about waveforms and things like that it's so intuitive to just sit there and play with it and uh learn how things blend and how to get your two oscillators to synchronize and stuff like that it's all right there so what was appealing about massive is that it kind of just gave you that, but with, with a little bit more control over some different elements of it, you know? Mm. And, um, yeah.
2: Yeah. And a a lot of times we'll be, when we're just creating, we can use like an Ableton, you know, use analog, or whatever. But then later we'll take that and Ableton makes it really easy just to like go into my Moog. And then we record the audio out of the Moog. So you can get your ideas down and get all that stuff down. And then later on we'll run it through analog sense to like, yeah. get that natural harmonics and there's the, some, a lot of mm. ways
1: to achieve that like recently we're, we're probably going to do this when we go back to your house on this one track i'll write a bass line or he'll write a bass line in a midi clip on a, a digital soft synth you know what i mean and you take that midi clip run it to an external instrument hook it up to the Moog, mm-hmm. run that back fix the latency so it's aligned and then um we can layer up any number of analog layers over the digital synth. Mm. And then what we're doing now is kind of taking these layers that we've recorded and either blending or cutting some out to get right in the center of that blend between an analog and digital sound that you want. Yeah, That's nice. You know? So then when we play that live, he's playing the analog part live and you have the stem that's still playing with that layer. Sometimes we're doing it that way. We've been experimenting with like wanting to have, uh, him the ability to trigger the digital patch at the same time, oh, okay. which is just like really incorporating the other laptop live and using link more. Yeah. But, um, that's something that we, that we do a lot with the synthesis is like cool. take these MIDI clips and then, and that doesn't just work with the base stuff. Like we do it with, with arpeggios and like I've, I've experimented before of layering up, even though it's a mono synth you record one note of the chord at a time and then you kind of pan those out mm. to make a polysynth out of that. So That's cool. Using the external instrument feature is really, really dope. And it's super easy just plugging the USB into the computer, into the mode. So once we kind of started messing with that and sequencing, um, that opened up a lot of doors. And then we're talking about incorporating a way to do that live more. And really, it's just using two laptops and the wireless link, Mm. which we've done in the past um, in more of an experimental setting. But it is pretty cool. Yeah. You're talking about Ableton Link? Yeah, he's using using links to, like, so, like, I could send him a MIDI clip from my setup seamlessly into his synth, and he can be manipulating it live, and then if he wants to change that clip, he can trigger a different one, and it sends it back to it. You know, so it's like you can pass the ball like that. Yeah, Yeah, it's just...
2: I mean, yeah, because we, you know, basically, like, we're using Ableton for two totally different things, creating music, but also performing electronic music. Yeah. So, like, a lot of these things, it's, like, such a great program because it's, like, some people might not even make music on there, but then they use it for the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we do, we're, like, really testing the limits of everything that it's doing. Yeah. And we have the side Project Puka Patrol, which was, like, kind of born in Hawaii with experimentation and just fun vibes, and that's been really cool to test the limits because it's a lot lower pressure. Like, you don't want to be, like, trying all this stuff for the first time, main stage at Electric Forest. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, like, other side of Cervantes, we're hooked up. Kevin's, like, running the show, but we're linked. And then I'm, like, I can play some stuff on my Moog, loop the MIDI, Mm. and then we're sequencing, like, you know, and I can literally go in and quantize maybe, like, the first couple notes so that the beginning of it's definitely right on and then just be twisting knobs on the Moog on a loop MIDI sequence that I played a minute earlier and it's you know, and then Kevin's like, Oh, we're speeding up, we're going up and it just starts going, you know, so yeah. he's controlling all that. And so it really it's really fun to kind of test the limits live and we're we're slowly incorporating that into the Sun Squabby stuff, but it needs to be Yeah, like streamlined and I need to not accidentally press space bar and like stuff like that. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah.
1: There's just like things. He's like worrying about it. It's like once, if mine's the master and you hit spacebar, nothing happens. I don't know, last time, something was happening. <laughs> He's just scared. We did it with four people simultaneously one time at Cervantes and at That's Nintendo. cool. And That's it's cool. not that crazy. Um, you're just The scared. most laptops I've ever linked
0: on stage was eight laptops. Nice. That was t- the w- terrifying. They actually.
1: really nailed the wireless link Kevin feature. Kevin I, I, I think that... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. My I just have that tank of a 2018 laptop. It's just it yeah. cannot you cannot burn it. It's crazy.
2: Well, and you're used to pressing all the <laughs> buttons like Kevin's like a He's like literally doing a million things
1: and shredding. Sometimes it sucks. Uh <laughs>
0: I see like, you doing that. I'm actually kind of impressed. Like sometimes, it's
1: sometimes it's crazy. Like I'll be like Oh right.
0: <laughs> and I'll have to like
1: pause so I can get like six steps ahead and be like yeah. okay, now this, this, this trigger that on the keyboard while switching the effect on my yeah. guitar. And you got to come in on the one with that part. But he's literally like, Meow. All, all I could explain Do to that is just yeah. practice. And it's, it's doing, I think that again, the interface of Ableton lends itself to mm-hmm. multi-instrumentalists and being able to play more than one thing at a time. I think you see a lot of producers like FKJ is, so
0: I uh, yeah, like he's a mastermind stuff of that. Up.
1: I think, um, there's a lot of people doing incredible stuff with that, uh, but like it really is a and it's designed to be intuitive like that and everybody can kind of find their own way with it and so what i do is is uh specific to the songs that we have written and um that's just practicing it over and over again and i'll make mistakes you know yeah. what i mean i'll i'll hit the wrong button but if you're not willing to like lay them all out there and try it you're never going to be able to find these these pathways yeah, uh, yeah. of yeah. doing it so you know just experiment and like once you find your rhythm of what order to press things in and what works for you, you know, you got to just experiment with it and do it over and over again. The guitar works well because you can hold notes.
0: Yeah. You still got one hand. Yeah. You got one hand you can use. What
1: they really, if anybody in the tech world is listening, and I know maybe something like this exists, but a foot controller that I could put an eight to 16 clip matrix on that isn't gigantic and I can step on, but it's basically like an APC pad that I could use my foot I think would change so many people's games. Anyone who plays a saxophone or a bass guitar or a keyboard, where you don't want to interrupt what's this thought process happening with these two hands. And you could use it like an effects pedal to trigger the next part of your song or to trigger an effect or to trigger a loop um, I feel like
0: there is the a Cloud Core is doing <clears throat> of that.
1: so. There's a I man, Cloud Core is doing everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah he I was on like the podcast like, hey, back in the day. My, shout out to Derek. Or maybe I'm
1: stealing his look. We haven't decided yet, but shout out Cloud Cord for yeah. doing everything. Yeah, yeah. Derek's yeah. a <laughs> badass. <Yeah. laughs>
0: no, I was going to say there is a MIDI pedal that was made by a certified trainer in Chicago called Looptimus. Okay. Check it out. It's like 250 bucks or something like that. I'll pull it up. It's yeah, really, let's take a look at that. It's really sick.
1: I, I think there's another one that, um, like the guys who made the Novation Launchpad made one that was like that, and then the uh, so it's Keith, not, Keith McMillan made see, one. See, I too. don't
0: the Keith McMillan, I don't like it it's as much. To be honest, it's squishy and it's it's break? like stepping on a fruit gusher, yeah. yes. And it makes me a little you nervous. You want it to feel like this feels like a r- true guitar pedal, and okay. that's why he made it. Yeah, um, and it, it's where's a I'm, picture? I just want a picture. I'm getting
1: a feeling, so, right,
0: so yeah. this is it, so, yes. Okay, so so that
1: stuff right there, man. It's like so these kind of controllers a, have existed a for a while. This is a MIDI controller. But it's pure one MIDI? That's
0: USB into yes, your Ableton. Yes, that's exactly what it's made for. Everybody, check that out. Yeah, including us. Yeah. I'm about to go one. <laughs> yeah, Liptimus, <laughs> dude, you can just you? borrow mine. I haven't touched it in like 12 years. What? Yeah, it's it, things amazing, and honestly, it's been around for 12 years. <laughs> yeah, <it> probably. <laughs> that's how long our band's been around? <laughs> It's, Are you I kidding think, me? I think he released it probably in like 2004. So I've been doing all this shit with my
1: hands this whole time. Yeah.
0: So this thing is like MIDI. You can also run an expression pedal and a foot switch into it as well. That's and, incredible. Um, it's... It's great. Yeah, you can power it just straight from the MIDI, so it doesn't need and an external power. And you but just you could. program it like an Ableton, like you put on MIDI mapping and touch the button? So that's the thing. I'm sure you're familiar with like the FCB controllers, and you have mm. to like hack it with a script to set it mm-hmm. up. This is just plug and play. <laughs> okay. So you just plug it in, and it Incredible. recognizes it as a MIDI controller. Big shots
1: to this company right It has here. 20
0: banks. Um, yeah, shout-out to Looptimus. Looptimus. Um, freaking, yeah, the guy is an Ableton certified trainer that made it. So it, it's really easy. I love this thing. Well, it's opening up a lot of uh, possibilities in my mind already of just like,
1: and, you know, again, thank you for complimenting my style and what I'm doing with all the buttons and everything. But imagine <laughs> if I had two more things to push buttons with. Yeah. You know, having said that too, you with the guitar effects, it's like sometimes that can get a little crazy. And we also have like foot switches for talk mics and, and um, you know, streamlining where everything is placed so that you're not, Necessarily moving around too much is, is very key, you know, when you're designing like a live setup with Ableton. Oh, 100%. Um, like where my setup is, yeah. is in relation to like me being able to reach all of it and then like rotate slightly, play keys, and my more comfortable hand on the keyboard is my right hand. So my APCs to the left. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if I was to get another foot controller, it's like that would go underneath the computer, you know, is how I'm envisioning it. So it'd be like computer world interface controller controller the the apc is basically on top of where the other one is right yeah you exactly. could almost visually mentally laid out that way but uh foot controllers open up a huge world for for people who are playing instruments live in Ableton. that's that's crazy what are you uh, saying yeah. about what were you using
0: I was with? gonna ask you like I assume that you're performing in session view so you're launching scenes and like in a row is that kind of what you're doing or are you jumping around a lot more than that in between it's it's set- scenes session view clip view yeah yeah
1: Yeah. yeah, i'm doing session view but i'm not doing
0: scenes um okay so you're jumping around between individual clips yeah so i have
1: uh clips organized by songs usually in groups some of them have five clips some of them have three Mm. Um, we loop different sections of the song and i can go back and forth between them um but the scene arrangement of it we are going over a stereo master you know what i mean and then layering in the parts that we've taken out into it. So it doesn't make sense necessarily for me to be submixing scenes of like drums, synth keys that because our main goal is to play the instruments live right. in that,
0: you know what I mean? So you just have your main stems that are supporting what you're doing. right? Yeah. So it's yeah. like playback and depending
1: on
2: where we want to jam and
1: right. And so again,
0: yeah, have like you have
1: like the intro, the verse part of the song, this part we loop and then I have like the chorus clip, you know what I mean? So it's like, we can change the arrangement of the song as much as we want, as long as we've layered out the clips live. And I've gotten to the point where now, if we want to try something or we're like in this weird part of a song, I can even go in with the loop bracket on the trackpad, like find a new part to launch and loop. And you just drag that as a new clip under it. Now we're looping this. You know what I mean?
0: So you're dragging in clips
1: from the browser
0: on the fly as you're going to.
1: If it calls for it. I wouldn't recommend doing it every time, but if, yeah. if it calls for it, you should be uh, capable of doing and that. We, and right. we, also,
0: yeah. we also do like
2: live improv, like at Mishawaka during COVID, like we, was it like four days, like eight sets? It was like eight sets, right? Yeah. It's like a lot of we did sets. did like eight sets in four days. So we were like, wow. hey, one of them is going
1: to be live improv. We're going to just make the whole setup. And and so in that we situation. We should go back to that recording for ideas to write songs to. Yeah. Just to touch on the first thing. Yeah. Side about. note,
2: a lot, not a lot, but like several of our songs come from live improvs when we do that. Yeah. But so that process, a whole set like this, yeah. Kevin could probably explain it more, but he's literally live looping percussion, live looping keyboards, live looping his other keyboards, yeah. live looping guitar.
1: Like, so when we're, we're, creating we're, when we're doing a that, ear. when we're doing that, it is more like I would be scene launching, but I'm not, I still don't, because what I do is I use the scene launch buttons, all control different effects for different instruments that aren't mapped to the keyboard. So I'm using the scene launches as just extra MIDI buttons because I don't launch things in scenes. But when we're doing the improv thing, like from left to right I have five tracks and generally speaking, it's like kick snare percussion patterns and then like some alternate kick patterns and maybe more like effect type sounds and then like timed out uh, effects that have that go sweeps up, sweeps down, releases that are anywhere between one and sixteen and thirty-two bars, broken down to one, two, four,
0: and eight, and everything. So when you're ready to transition, oh, wow. you can hit those. Yeah, clips, and it's yeah. like
1: that this six clip sequence that repeats all the way down. So anywhere that I'm at in the scene, looking at samples, I've got what I want over here as far as timing wise. So to tie a phrase together, you just you're always counting, always always counting when you're doing this stuff too. Cause you got to trigger like ahead of time. And, um, that's so it's when, when we're writing stuff live doing that. And then from there it goes over to the keyboard channels and I can loop that loop, the guitar channels then next to that. But I Mm. I can basically construct a whole drum beat and effects and everything. One channel at a time there. And then I'm submixing that
0: to that. So, so as far as like changing your bank's, No, It makes sense, but like that is a lot. I think I'm explaining
1: it and I think I understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, you
0: do. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. If I could show it on the screen, it'd be better. Yeah, um, yeah. for sure. It made sense to me. Um, it's just a how you
1: you would write if you were writing a beat in your studio, if you or you know, and everybody has a different process, but typically speaking, it's like, okay, let's put the drums over here, let's put this here, let's put this here, and that's what I'm trying to do to give myself the tools to do that live.
0: Yeah. It's organized yeah. chaos basically. Yes. So it's going to organize. Yeah. And honestly, that's, I think the most fun way to approach a live set because it's not so overly programmed. You're just space barring every show, you know, you're like really in the moment and you're playing it and it's yeah. going to be new pretty much every yeah. time you play. That's, that's, and the that's idea fun with
1: like even the tracks that we're doing, um, where we're doing playback over the tracks, it's beat by having that freedom to arrange it every time we play it, it's going to be a little bit different
0: version of the song, which is fun for us. And it's fun for the audience. And you know, that's just what it's about. Right. So totally hundred yeah. percent. So uh, quick question, and maybe you already touched on this a little bit, but as far as like bank changes for your guitar, cause you're not playing the same guitar tone for every single track, it's going to be maybe a little different. <laughs> are, are you doing that <laughs> manually with your changes or so do you have has, like bank changes? He
2: has a really cool pedal.
1: Yeah, I, I I've, in the last year have switched to uh, the Headrush pedal and now I have the Headrush Prime. Headrush is really similar to Helix, which I think a lot more people know about. But basically Helix it's an cool. all-in-one thing that has uh, a DSP like chips in it that emulate any kind of effect that you want. A Line 6? It's, like it's, like the, the, it's like the Line 6 makes the Helix. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, it's similar to that except it has a touch screen. Yeah, and it's and I think a lot of the things are more they operate more like plugins than um like onboard onto the thing. So it's you can download stuff, you can change it. But uh, how what I had before that was a Boss multiple effects pedal, an ME eighty, and that has basically eight switches. And I built a lot of my tones around like what can I have as these eight effects. So it's like you have a compression box, a distortion, reverb, delay, phaser, tremolo maybe one more, you know, get creative. You can switch that one out. Usually is the, that was the harmonizer. So when I got the head rush, my first thing was to emulate that kind of setup. So so I build a lot of my boards for the head rush off of that. As far as the bank changes go, like I'm not really changing outside of those eight effects. You mm. know what I mean? I, yeah. Those are like everything I really want to use right there. And um, what the head rushes allowed me to do those have like, Different subtle variations of that board that I can now go click click and the harmonizer's in a different key, or the phaser works completely different, or instead of the phaser, it's a flanger in this one. Um, or like you can go really crazy with this headrush stuff because I can change the way that the amp I can change the entire amp that it's supposed to be sounding out of. Like I could be playing through a, a deluxe one minute, a two by twelve guitar amp, and then hit one button and now I'm playing through two Marshall stacks. You know what I mean so i've I haven't even scratched the surface as far as how far the bank programming goes because again, I was using this analog it was't analog it was an old school digital pedal, but like uh, doing all this changes by hand with eight effects, I would just get down and do it, and uh yeah, I'm not a big bank change guy i yeah. actually like have my bank and then I just
0: change what I need to, yeah. I mean, it makes sense if you're doing a lot of improv too, because then you can feel it out. Well, yeah, and you just kind of have like your toolbox there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you get your core sounds. Again, with the digital
1: pedal, though, it's like... I don't have to carry around a box of 40 pedals. Yeah,
0: exactly. And it yeah. probably makes for a better mix on stage, too, to front of house because... Yeah, sound got, engineers are loving it. You're all line yeah. in, right? Yeah, exactly. Except for the drums. Yeah, so it makes sense. It's a, four it's a really 10 good 10. way to control sounds. I like to have a... He used to have two 8x10s on stage. I used stage. to roll a 2 8 x <laughs> really? 10 Really? That was a piece of shit.
1: And then I had a 2x12, <laughs> and I was like, mm. And then I got that digital, and I was all in. And I was like, hmm. was
0: the bass diva.
1: It was just really loud I got really strong. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I got really strong loading them in all the time. Yeah,
2: it was awesome. But then it was really dumb, too. So now, (laughs) now I basically were on ears, so I just need like a sub or something on stage to feel it. And then I also have a four ten on stage, but really I don't need it. It's more. You subtracted
1: a lot of speakers here. Yeah, and, and like and I think the clean, the cleaner your stage volume is in general, yeah. the better. Because especially the drums are the loudest thing.
2: So I'm using like an Aguilar head, so there's like a nice little drive sound to it. And but like we put like, like I put a fifty seven on the bass. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to get bass out of the amp. I don't want low end. I just want like the sound guy likes to have the mids like. So I'm using a bass amp for tone. Basically, it's not that loud, but I do have a like however many subs I can get behind me. Uh, you know what I mean? You're talking
1: about a sub pack.
0: So yeah, the sub pack. I've talk- mentioned
1: this to you in the past.
0: I have a sub pack. I love it. What so
1: so it's like a little. They make
0: different versions. A little They're, thing I'm, you
1: wear on your back, mm. underneath the shirt. Yeah, and, and and it's a haptic thing, and it just yeah, and it just puts the bass right into you, and you feel really
0: it. really light. So it's not that heavy at all. Ott's whole band, no, I've seen him right. wear it. Right, that's what we're talking about here. There is like a huge supply chain shortage I don't, I don't with them. Think Josh likes it. I don't like it. I just want two huge. If he stuff. doesn't
1: like something, it's not gonna. Happen.
0: <laughs> it looks like this. <laughs> it's really fun. They make two versions. No, I can't wear that. They make like a wearable version. <laughs> it's actually, it's actually very light. No, it's so dope. With I how just much like, Josh have-
1: moves around on stage, first of all, that is flying.
0: Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting chafed for
1: sure. I think it's all dependent on um, your style and who, who, what you're doing on stage, you know.
0: Trying to remember what it's called, but there's like a mini, mini version of a sub pack that people wear. Um, a lot of bass players where I played with a bassist once that used it, and I can't remember what he called it, but it's really small and it like fits it only takes up maybe like a 10th of your back. It's like this really tiny thing and you put it on your guitar strap. Oh interesting. You put it on your guitar strap so you can feel that sub vibration. I do take my bass off a lot. I just am doing a lot
2: of weird, I'm like... Not wearing my bass. I'm wearing my bass. I'm playing my synth. I'm jumping around. I'm behind Kevin. He's like, like "What are you doing back right here?" And then he off of that. Kevin turns around. I'm
0: like, "I'm behind you. I'm over here now." Kevin's here. Kevin's tired of moving cabinets.
1: Yes. pack would be like it's like smoking ten packs a day and then jumping to a nicotine patch. You know, like that's what it would be like for you with the bass.
2: But my stage sound, <laughs> my stage sound has
1: gotten more under control especially since he switched that pedal and and i think a general the front of house sound is a lot cleaner yeah um just the more direct end that you're going with with the style of music that we're doing yeah you know what i mean With there are so many elements in the track that the more the engineer can fit into our mix that's coming out of ableton the better it's uh, the more cohesive the sound is you know
2: we're yeah just, we're we the amp
1: sounds in. and
2: he's submixing, so like he's going everything in Ableton, and then coming out of Ableton, we have the track, we have the click on a separate channel coming out. He has two different keyboard sends and his guitar send. so we're doing so out of Ableton Live, we have six channels
0: yeah, okay. so you guys so what's that stemming out again?
1: so it's so it's like one two stereo, three is the guitar, four is the click, five is Rhodes and six is a synth.
2: Yeah, so like five is like classic keyboards, like sometimes organ too.
1: Yeah, it's like I use one one keyboard that's like a keyboard channel yeah. that you would have like in the studio. And and then you have bus compression for that, so it's all coming out of pretty much the same level. And this is a compromise to getting now. Uh, so I upgraded to the uh, UAD Apollo X6
0: interface, which is nice. six outputs, right? Shout out UAD. Wow, that. they're
1: amazing, man. So we were using the Apollo, and we were like, we want to do the two keyboard separate outputs. And then it's like the next step would be the rack to where you could have a keyboard channel, an organ channel, a clav channel, a couple different guitar channels. We like, don't
2: want to separate it too much because Kevin's doing, at the same time that he's live looping and playing guitar and running the whole show. And sub-mixing
1: those extra keyboard channels. He's also channels, doing
2: like, DJ effects. And if we separate it too much, you lose the power well, of that that's, effect.
1: That's one thing that's funny that you bring that up because since we that has changed some of the things that we're doing when we're improving live before, let's say I like set up a whole thing in a groove and I've got the drums, as we were talking about before, I've got drums, snare, a percussion thing, the whole beat going. And then I've got keyboard loops going and I could take a beat repeat on the master channel. And since it's all going through the master channel, it's going to affect everything. So I'd take what I had played and copy and chop that and live, you know what I mean? But now that it's separated out and obviously there is a workaround here. To doing this but uh now that it's separated out it doesn't affect the keyboards as it does all the drum channels right so routing is very important when you're talking about doing multiple instruments in and then what you want to be able to control as a master thing because we have them separated out to be able to control the audio part of it the the mix out of front of house better but by doing so you're able to control less of the creative part of it so it's a never-ending. You might
2: know this. I just had an idea. Let's go. Yeah,
1: tell me about it. What if
2: he mini-mapped so the knob he's turning that's on the master? What if you had the same effects on the keyboard output? So they're
1: macroed, and it's macro. So
0: when you do the beat repeat, it happens on three things. That's I've what Sylvanesso that. does. I've uh, about that, yeah. Nick talked to me about that, or not? Yeah, Nick. Yeah, so there is a workaround, but. Yeah, I mean, there you could... I've been doing a lot of things here. You could macro map to all of... You can map as many tracks as you want. What you would do
1: there to for the listeners, right? It's like you would be making a copy of that rack to each one of the channels that you're Mm -hmm. affecting. If not, Mm -hmm. you would have it on all of them. Say, Say you want the keyboard channels to do the same thing as all the drum ones. So they all have the same effect rack on it. And then you're copying the mapping so that when you hit one one knob to control this effect that's on the master channel it's affecting every single one of those racks that's on the channel and then in that way you could still be able to control the output level separately at the front of house and
2: then you just hope your CPU doesn't crash in front of everybody
1: right because the nice <laughs> part about having just one one instance of a plugin yeah. is it's only taking up that much memory
0: yeah. the other thing you could do <laughs> is just... the other thing you could do is take a re- a return track and you could send all of those specific things to a return track and then you only have that one effect on a return track that's
1: so, right and, that come out the
0: well there's a way to put your effects cuz you could also route the output of each individual track straight to whatever so channel it's going to hits out? the
1: the return track before it goes back into it. So they all hit that track before they go back in to their separate outputs. Yeah. I right. Think so. so so to summarize, <laughs> so let's say it's in return A. It's in send A, right? That's that's a great way to do it, honestly. Good. Um it's in send A, you're gonna have one group of effects racked there. Instead of multiple copies of the effect, there's one that is where the effects go. And so it's sending through there only, again, you would macro map the dry wet for your effect to the send. So that's just one thing instead of macro mapping like six things. So what How you do is you separate? send it to it. Yeah, you'd run it to the send and then the out of the send would be going... To the master and have to take over from the other output i you know i had it a second ago but it's the more you think <laughs> yeah, about so it that's it why right
2: now we're just doing it how we do it but we're, <laughs> we're you know we're <laughs> this always, would be a lot easier if you're we troubleshooting yeah. now, in
1: person. a long time ago somebody told me if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah. So Are, we, or, or,
2: or, or, but yeah it's definitely possible but you know and we're always growing so it's like maybe next time we do this we'll be like yeah so now this is what we do <laughs> yeah,
1: it's been a big
0: problem for a long time, honestly, Dan. <laughs> I
1: feel like we could figure this yeah, out. I am dealing with too much other shit sometimes.
0: But... <laughs> well, by, by the way, this is what I was trying to talk about earlier. It's called Backbeat. It's a, that it's actually a, looks pretty It's sleek. a little subwoofer for your I bass like strap that actually on your looks, guitar. That's
1: a lot cleaner than a backbeat. That's
0: probably what you would want is that little backbeat. Guy. I think
1: Josh is still going to break it.
0: <laughs> will, Have
1: you seen this guy on stage? Well,
0: I will either break it or lose it.
1: I'll I'll put it in my backpack. I'll be, I'll be like, "Hey, did anyone grab that thing?" I, and I'll
0: be like, "It was me. No, <laughs> I, I have it." Oh, look! It's it's. You can clip it. You can plug it in. You can play it.
1: <laughs> you can feel it. Look at that guy feeling it. I mean, he's, he's feeling, feeling it. Check that guy out. Honestly, <laughs> he's, there he is again, He's feeling it. Dude.
2: Honestly, I I would try that, but half the show, I'm not wearing my bass. I'm just playing Moog.
1: Yeah, that's another thing. So, first of all, I'm gonna just totally break my spine. I keep looking at these pictures of us playing. And I'm like getting on my keyboard and I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) so that's another thing, you know, I want to rearrange things like that, but I, I've never been a, let's put the guitar behind your back or take it off to play the keyboards. I'm always rolling the dice and I've paid for it before where the thing falls right off, but you get better at taping the strap on or getting strap blocks after a while. But Josh is a, if I'm playing synth synth, uh, and it's really, if you're just playing exclusively synth on a song, you're
2: not going to wear I still it. Yeah. take it off if I'm not about to touch it for a while. Like Pablito. Like if you're playing
0: it for like two like or three Pablito minutes. Jam, and I just yourself. take
2: it off. Yeah. <laughs> and I've accidentally taken it off. Like, I think I know our music, but every once in a while I accidentally take it off. I'm like, oh, that was <laughs> me, that was where I was supposed to play some bass. And then I'm playing it on the Moog anyway. Like, Maybe again, it's because of
1: my <laughs> terrible posture that I'm just T-Rexing these keyboards. But like when I'm doing it, I don't really think about it too much. You know what I mean? But it, I guess it's always, again what you're used it's to it's just hard to
2: do interpretive dance with the bass on yeah
1: and that's really <laughs> your thing
0: yeah it's really your thing yeah you're a great dancer i'm you're, more you're, of it's kind of like djs you know
2: it's like you do all your prep and you do all the stuff and then you got to work on your fingers yeah like a lot of finger pointing a lot of like hands up like clap right here it's like for me it's more like body rolls yeah. stomping yeah. around
0: crowd engagements everything, big man. stomper
2: <laughs> scaring people I
0: like
1: looking him right in the eye and just staring that,
0: that at them that doesn't happen
2: well it does just
0: just not even just mean being aware.
2: yeah it was actually Sometimes funny five I've or had, six
1: minutes at a time
2: I in my college <laughs> band I had this weird moment with my drummer where he was like why are you always so like do you hate me and I was like I'm like, what are you talking about? I was just like, what are you talking about? It's like every time you look at me. First two years we were in the band, I was like, I don't. Do you want to fight? Yeah, it's like because like every time I turn around, I'm making that face. It's intense. It's It's just intense. But it's like I'm just fucking vibing, and he and you know I'm just making the bass face, but I can't help it
0: yeah that's actually like the funniest <laughs> thing i was watching red rocks the i think it was the 2018 stream of you on red rocks and you did look angry when you were on stage <laughs> but that's how I you know it's f- funky that's the thing i was like i think he's having a good time but he's like really he's got an aggressive look on and his that's bit. why oh, yeah. i think in every Very band aggressive. you gotta balance
1: each other out so it's usually i'm the one who's just like i'm dying inside but i'm smiling <laughs> really big you know and butter yeah. sweats for everybody yeah, Butter's, uh, Butters back a there sweater. Butters he's a just sweatshirt. back there working. He's dude. working the
0: hardest. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't stop sure, moving. Oh, he puts the
1: most
2: miles
0: we're on We're going to do sure. three drum and bass tunes in a row, so like, get ready. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> so it's going to go 180 BPM. Yeah, get ready. 20, I mean, 20 so minutes. Gonna, Pro- yeah. He probably is tired. He's carrying all your bass cabinets and his drums, you know. Nah,
2: he's not carrying <laughs> too <laughs> much. No, he's a busy boy. He's not carrying too much, but he is working the hardest up there.
1: I'll give Chris credit. Actually, he tore a calf muscle one tour. And we basically carried him out onto the stage every show, and he played the shit out of his kick drum every night. But like, it was literally hanging off his blade. Yeah, like he couldn't even walk because he was still. And then this guy broke a hand one summer and played like I don't know, twelve or fourteen festivals in a row. I
2: actually ran into the guy that saved my hand. I was. Oh, that's awesome! I was out at uh, broke
1: his slap hand on his bass. I was out out at the whole tour. Damn. I
2: was like, broke my hand, but I, I ran into this dude, and he's like, "How are you doing?" I was like, "Oh my god, Alex!" Like. He's a guy. Out all right. And so I'm in the doctor's office with a broken ass hand. And they're like, Cool. So we're gonna put this cast on you for six to eight weeks. And I was like, Cool, but I'm gonna take it off in two weeks because we we're playing main stage at summer <laughs> camp. And they were like, No, and I was like, Well, I'm gonna take it off somehow. Yeah. And then this guy who I ran into He's like, I got you, man. And like, doctor's like, yeah. What do I know? I'm just the doctor. Yeah, and right. Wow. But like, the tech was like, I got you, and he sawed my cast in half on either side. Oh yeah, I was so sad. And sick. then he put he three, three inch Velcro straps, so it was solid. But so like before, so I'd have it on for like two weeks straight, and then we'd have a gig. You take it off right before. Take it off. No shred. way.
1: I'll smoke a gigantic joint yeah, and dunk, then tread.
2: Dunk my yeah. hand in a bucket of ice for as long as I could stand it, dry it off, and put the cast back. Oh,
1: my. And then like, Well, the things
0: you do for the fans. In, yeah. So when you were wow. looking angry those years, that was actually probably real.
2: Well, it's just a mixture of emotional and physical pain. <laughs> yeah, sounds like with it. Like, but wow. like, yeah, I just get in as I don't even know what I look like. I don't know what I'm doing. I swear Dude. to God, the body rolls and all the jumping around. I don't know what I'm doing. What you just
1: said right there. I come though. back down
2: to earth after the show. I'm like, did I.
1: Did we do it? Think, uh, but dude, think about how, like, fun those shows were and how far that we went that summer and, yeah. like, mm-hmm. uh, what you were just saying. Like, I think so much of music is is a mixture of physical and emotional pain and, like, finding that sweet spot in it and turning it into something awesome yeah. and giving it back to people. I've, like,
2: cried while we're playing before if something makes me all emotional or, like, I'll yeah. think about my dad or something. He's passed away and I'll be, like, oh, playing a song and I'm like, he would be... He'd be like out in the he crowd being like, you man. guys are killing right now. And yeah. I'm like, I want to get emotional. It's like an emotional thing. It is. So a lot of times yeah. if I'm looking like that, it's either really funky or it's like, I'm just get.
0: I don't know. I'm just very emotional when I play. I mean, that's a good thing. I yeah. think so. I mean, as an artist, like it's a form of expression, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. so when you're expressing yourself I think you gotta let go. Yeah, I'm you know, not like you have oh, to let
1: go. you gotta to surrender to yeah, it. That's I'm right. Not like, oh, I need a
2: headbang tonight. It's just like we're playing, and I'm like, Urgh. yeah, yeah. I'm freak just out, putting going. your soul
0: into yeah. it, man. Freak out. It yes. gets
1: real on it gets real yeah. on tour when yeah. you start to get towards the end of a tour, and everybody's tired, and everybody's wanting to get home, and you Sleep know, deprived. dehydrated, and <laughs> all these things. You you're really channeling those moments every night, you know. But, uh, you know, you take it into the studio, too. You take it into your, t- you know, you take the story of your life and try to translate that into a story other people can experience with you. And maybe they'll relate that to their life in a completely different way. But I think music is, that's what it's for, is creating this bridge between everyone's pain and, like, how we can feel that together. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like if you get yeah. into
2: it and are really letting go, the people feel more open to doing that yeah you know, they're like oh man this is intense like i'm gonna 100 i'm gonna vibe too
0: like 100 they don't want to just stand there yeah that's so true i mean that could be said for even people just djing even if yeah. they're not doing much on stage if they're yeah. jumping around flailing their hands people are going to get into it you yeah. know that's half the gig it is it's just <laughs> having a good time if you're if you're enjoying yourself on stage that energy feeds yeah, i've
2: literally it. seen deadmau mouse take his helmet off walk to the front of stage and do all sorts of dances while like his hit is playing, you know, and he's like just vibing. He's like, I'm not yeah. doing any, I press play on the song you love. I'm going to vibe. People love
0: it. man. Yeah. yeah. If you're having a good time. Chances are others will too. Cool. Well, this has been an awesome episode hanging out with you guys. We should probably wrap this up. Happy 420. Sure. It's 420 right now. Oh, like, thank woo-hoo. you. Hey. This is a great time to, to wrap it up. Round of applause, everybody. For we, uh. <laughs> Well, thank you for your service yes, and all the you. hard things you've done—blood, sweat, and tears on tours and making music for everybody. And like I said, I've been a long time fan. I love you guys. Love what you do. We appreciate it, man. And um, yeah. Any upcoming. Projects. I see that you have an upcoming tour with Jason Leach. Shout out, Jason. Yeah, I know absolutely. Jason. He's done some covers of my songs, even, and nice. I love them. He's great. Yeah. He's super talented. We're looking
1: forward to all those shows coming up. It's kind of all around the country. Um, like a whole week in Florida in December, and um, like gonna all be on a few shows too. K-Lab is also out there. So yeah, yeah K-Lab's dope. Yeah. yeah, I
2: saw him for the first time. It's well, great. Where we at? I saw him. I was like, this dude. Yeah, super Sick. fun. He's down. Before? Where were we? I can't remember. But we saw him. I was like, this yeah. dude. Yeah. It's a good time. So, so we've
0: got
1: the tour coming up. We have a really big show, um, towards the beginning of 2024 in Denver that we cannot wait to tell everybody about. So that's something that we're really working on behind the scenes. Yeah, uh, it's, it's going to be, gonna be just show absolutely next March. level at the end of tour. Cool. So that's, that's a big thing to look out for. And, um, again, we're, we're working on putting out some music before the end of the year. There's going to be a ton of stuff flowing out and a lot of collaborations, um, with some familiar faces and also some people we haven't wrote with before. So yeah, a lot of music coming out and big, big show coming up next year. So
0: yeah, I look forward to that. I saw you also were doing some kind of fundraiser for a music festival. Oh yeah. So this, this weekend
2: we're playing a music festival called shine music fest. And it's like, it's really awesome. It's all about giving um, uh, disabled people or people with different, situations like maybe they're blind, maybe they're deaf, maybe they have autism, whatever the situation is, it's like a music festival for everybody. So instead of having a little cage in the back where they're like, hey, you go to the ADA section, you don't get to be on the dance floor. You're going to be up on the balcony in the back, surrounded by metal.
1: Like ADA is in the front. There's new technology there yeah. that's like allows people with hearing impairment to feel the music, allows people with vision impairment to see things. That's so uh, cool. It's Yeah, there's uh, like it, tents. And of, it's a free it, event. It's donation-based. Um, anyway, if you want to check it out, it's called Shine Music Festival. That's this Saturday in Denver. Um, but we're excited to be a part of it, and we hope that in the future... There is a lot more look into accessibility for everybody mm. that, um, yeah, because it's like, out there, so
2: normally they're separated like that, but like at this festival, they have like platforms like near the front of the stage. So right. you could be, I could be standing right
1: here, and there could be someone that's deaf standing on a vibrating platform or in a yeah, wheelchair yeah, instead of in the back. They're yeah, like right there in the front girl. row with like, you. Together.
2: Yeah. That, and that would it's be safe tough.
1: and comfortable and fun.
2: Yeah. It's about giving everyone an authentic, like, concert experience not just able-bodied people
0: i absolutely love that man. so it's really that's really cool, really stuff. cool. It's called that's shine music festival that's so it. dope i love that yeah. i'll try to make it out this this saturday this right saturday, yeah think. Please yeah. Come yeah. through. i'm it, gonna i'll swing through yeah. that'd be really cool i actually talked to alberto chapa he's the brand manager for this part of the country for ableton he said okay. they're doing some research and development right now for um blind producers sick fantastic which is really exciting that's he really talk- exciting man yeah he talks more about that on the podcast coming out soon but anyway man yeah it's been awesome hanging out with you guys everybody listening check out some squabby thanks kevin josh Thank you. you guys are dope and love what you do and stoked to see some more of it thanks man yeah, Lots thanks on the for way. Having us. yeah also real quick best place for people to follow you guys if they want to connect with you
1: um if you want to connect directly we're on our instagram all the time but uh music's on spotify we're on Nugs.net, bandcamp uh apple music everywhere you can find it but Instagram is probably where we're the most present. And if you want to really get in touch with us and mess with us, so you can hit or us up you there. can
2: join the fan page squab train on Facebook.
1: Yeah. It's the squad Train.
2: it's like a small group, but it's like, we're
0: definitely we're in those. there. Yeah. We're in yeah. there. Cool. I'll hop top in there. Sweet, yeah. sweet. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah dude. You thank you guys. Take it easy. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. Do me a huge favor if you would and hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening to the podcast. If you don't hate the podcast, please leave a five-star review. It would help me out a ton. Don't forget to check back on Tuesdays for new episodes. I plan on cranking out a lot more in the upcoming future. Also, if you didn't know, on Spotify, if you click on an episode on mobile, you can interact there and you can tell me what you think about this episode and other episodes and it would be great to hear from you and see what you're thinking about the podcast. If you want to be the first to get new episodes and stay updated and get free new devices and sample packs and other stuff that I'll be sending out in the future, join the newsletter. Just go to liveproducersonline.com slash newsletter and or check out the links in the show notes. Make sure to give this guest a follow on the socials. Give them some love for spending their time. And once again, thanks for listening to the podcast. I will see you next time. Later.